Chapter Fifty Nine of the Queen's Necklace by Alexandre Dumas. The translator is unknown. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Gail Timmerman Vaughan. Chapter Fifty Nine: Marie Antoinette as Queen and Madame de la Motte as Woman. The courier dispatched for Madame de la Motte, not finding her at home, went to the hotel of the Cardinal de Rouen to inquire if she were there. The well-tutored Swiss replied that she was not but that he could get any message transmitted to her. The courier therefore left word for her to come to the queen as soon as possible. The man had hardly left the door before the message was delivered to Jeanne, as she sat at supper with the cardinal. She set off immediately, and was at once introduced into the queen's chamber. "'Oh!' cried the queen on seeing her. "'I have something to tell you. The king has refused me five hundred thousand francs.' "'Mon Dieu!' murmured the countess. Incredible, is it not? He struck through the item, but it is useless to talk of it. You must return to Paris and tell the cardinal that since he is so kind, I accept the five hundred thousand francs he offered me. It is selfish, I know, but what can I do? Oh, madame, cried Jeanne, we are lost. The cardinal no longer has the money. The queen started. No money? stammered she. No, madame, an unexpected creditor claimed this money from him. It was a debt of honor, and he paid it. The whole five hundred thousand francs? Yes, madame. And he has no more? No, madame. He told me this an hour and a half ago, and confessed to me that he had no other resources. The queen leaned her head on her hands. Then, after a few moments' reflection, she said, This countess is a terrible lesson for me, and a punishment for having done anything great or small without the king's knowledge. It was a folly, I had no need of the necklace. True, madame, but if the queen consulted only her absolute wants, I must consult before everything the tranquillity and happiness of my household. I renounce forever what has begun with so much annoyance. I will sacrifice my vanity on the altar of duty, as Monsieur de Provence would say, and beautiful as this necklace is, you shall carry it back to Messieurs Beaumet and Beausange. Carry it back? Yes. But, madame, your majesty has already given one hundred thousand francs for it. Well, I shall gain all the rest that was to have been paid for it. But, madame, they will not like to return your money. I give it up, on condition of their breaking the contract. Now, countess, that I have come to this determination, I feel at ease once more. This necklace brought with it cares and fears. Diamonds cannot compensate for these. Take it away, countess. The jewellers must be satisfied. They will have their necklace and one hundred thousand francs into the bargain. But Monsieur de Rouen, he only acted to give me pleasure, and when he is told it is my pleasure not to have the necklace, he will understand me, I am sure, and if he is a good friend, he will approve and strengthen me in my sacrifice. Saying these words, the queen held out the casket to Jeanne. She did not take it. Why not ask for time, madame? No, countess. It is humiliation. One may humiliate oneself for a person one loves. To save a living creature were it only a dog, but only to keep some sparkling stones. Never, Countess. Take it away. But, Madame, it will surely become known that Your Majesty has had the jewels, and was obliged to return them. No one will know anything about it. The jewelers will surely hold their tongues for one hundred thousand francs. Take it away, Countess, and thank Monsieur de Rouen for his good will towards me. There is no time to lose. Go as soon as possible. 
and bring me back a receipt for them. Madame, it shall be done as you wish. She first drove home and changed her dress, which was too elegant, for a visit to the jeweller's. Meanwhile she reflected much. She thought still it was a fault for Monsieur de Rouen to allow the Queen to part with these jewels, and should she obey her orders without consulting him, would he not have reason to complain? Would he not rather sell himself than let the Queen return them? I must consult him, she thought, but after all, he never can get the money. She then took the necklace from the case, once more to look at it, and admire it. One million six hundred thousand francs in my possession. True, it is for but an hour. To carry away such a sum in gold, I should want two horses, yet how easily I hold it here. But I must decide. Shall I go to the cardinal, or take it direct to the jeweller's, as the queen ordered? And the receipt, in what form shall I get it, so as not to compromise the queen, the cardinal, or myself? Shall I consult? Ah, oh, if he loved me more, and could give me the diamonds. She sat down again, and remained nearly an hour in deep thought. Then she rose, with a strange look in her eyes, and rang the bell with a determined air. She ordered a coach, and in a few minutes she reached the house of the journalist, Monsieur Reteau de Villette. End of chapter 59